welcome to another episode of Chefs and Lambos. We are now on episode 13. We have a lovely lady chef today, and I'll let you introduce yourself and tell us where you're working today. All right. My name is Kayla Pfeiffer, uh, currently the executive chef of a new restaurant concept called PJK. Uh, it's going to be a neighborhood Chinese restaurant. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So what does that mean as far as like neighborhood? It's just going to be like a freestanding, just similar to this where people will go in and get like to go and like. So we're actually going to be right off of Fifth Avenue. Um, wow. So it's something that 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 area specifically doesn't have is an elevated Chinese concept. That's uh, true. We drive down uh, Fifth Avenue. You see a lot of the same type of restaurants and we wanted to bring something unique to the area and offer a variety of different things. Okay. And is this something you kind of did on your own or did somebody approach you about? Uh, someone approached me about this. So okay. Yep. Okay. now I'm just making the food and hoping it tastes good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when I do these podcasts, I always like to start way back at the beginning. So let me ask you with your career, what made you want to be a chef or what was like your calling that you said, Hey, I want to cook. I just remember my dad, uh, he was in the industry, owned restaurants in New York um, for a while, and it was every Sunday, you know, that was our, our day to cook, family meal, and I was always just attracted to being in the kitchen, um, helping prep, uh, making short ribs, whatever it was, I was always in the kitchen. Okay, and like at that age, was it kind of scary working the knives and doing all that? Like it was, it's just like the most natural thing, the really? first time I picked up a knife. Wow, yep. okay. And then, like, did, did he continue to do that kind of work for a long time? or? Yes. Yeah, so after he had my uh, younger sister, uh, he kind of got out of that industry because it is so uh, grueling. grueling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we all know. We all know, yeah. We love it, though. Uh -huh. uh, and so I, he would still cook on the weekends, and I would learn a lot from him. And uh, I got a job uh, in the front of the house when I was really young and never looked back. Okay. And then um, as far as your career, did you ever go to culinary school and kind of like do the training thing? I did. I went to the Culinary Institute in Hyde Park, New York Beautiful. for two years. See, that's that's the greatest place to be. It's awesome. So when you went there, was that like super exciting because you get well-rounded and you learn all the different things? Like what was like your favorite experience doing that? I think with with everything in life, it's what you make it. It's the effort that you put into it. So uh, the Culinary Institute has a great amount of resources, Absolutely. but it's only what you get out of it. Right. And and I really, you know, put my head down and just studied every day and tried to learn as much as I could. When you started, though, did you have an idea of the kind of chef you were going to be or you had no idea? Like, did I, you have it in your mind, hey, I'm going to be a restaurant chef. No idea. Or I'm going to do pastries. None. You were So you were, like, open to whatever was going to come. Yes. Okay. Because yep. that's kind of how I did it, too. Um, you know, when I was going to culinary school, I did this thing where it started super early. So it was, like, 7 a.m. it started. You went to school all the way till 2 o'clock. <laughs> Two o'clock comes around, you go home, take a nap, and then at four o'clock, I go to work. Yes. And then I work till like 10 o'clock, sometimes 11, and it's a grind. It is. Is it that is. kind of what you did too, or you did both? We did a little bit of everything. So there's the program, you wake up, you know, at three in the morning for a breakfast class, and then you, you're as late as, you know, one in, one in the morning for wow. dinner services. So it's it all in early. between. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. And then on the weekends, I would commute and work in the city. 
Wow. So when you worked in the, right. the weekends, like what kind of restaurants were those? Like, was it one that you stayed with the whole time? Correct. One specific one that I ended up working there after graduating uh, was called the Dutch uh, okay. in Soho. And what kind of food was uh, that? American, but really has had a lot of uh, Asian influence as well as Italian. So it was really a, a great place for me to learn. Okay. And when you worked there, like, did you do a little of everything or were you kind of like, hey, you're going to do hot foods at this restaurant? I was working stations. So I started at Garmage and I worked my way up to work the hotline and, and work grill. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. And then did the chef trust you to kind of do your own thing or did he kind of like, like baby steps? Like, hey, we're going to show you a little at a time or he's just like, you're, there you go. Go do your thing. It's kind of what I say right now. It's trust, but validate. So gotcha. you can trust someone, but you always have to validate, making sure that it's done, you know, to your standard uh, and never letting anyone cut corners. And gotcha. I think that's something that is very important. You gotcha. give confidence in young cooks, gotcha. but also making sure that things are still to a yeah. certain. Well, well, maybe you'll find this interesting. When I went to school, my thing was, you know, I call it like the sponge phase. It's like you're going to school, you're learning all your basics, you know, um, garmage, desserts, pastries, all that mm -hmm. stuff. But what I would do is I would work at every cuisine. Mm -hmm. So I've worked at Italian, I've worked at French, I've worked at Japanese, I've done Lebanese. What I would do is learn all the recipes and quit <laughs> and go to the next spot learn all those recipes and quit because it's like, you got nothing to offer me. Yeah. I'm just here to build my encyclopedia. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I did it when I was learning and kind of going to school and stuff. So, you know, it sounds to me like you kind of stayed put, but I found like that was very educational because you can learn the basics. Okay. This is how you do a hummus or whatever, mm -hmm. but then you're going to add your twist to it. Yes. Is that kind of mm -hmm. how you look at food? Like you might learn the basic, but then you have to put your own stamp. Always. On. That is totally how I cook. Right. Because yeah. with cooking, there's obviously no rules. Familiarizing uh, your clientele with things and making it totally out of left field at the same time. So right. you get to be creative, yet also people still appreciate it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when you were going to school, did you kind of like develop a lot of friendships with the kids and kind of like you know, like keep in contact and have like a good flow. Yes, to this day. Really? Uh, everyone that I went to school with, I still have a, a really good relationship with. You know what I remember when I went to school? Everybody was always complaining like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm so sick of this. I just want to get out and make money. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that kind of like, like what a lot of the people talked about? Oh boy. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Like <very> eager, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like eager to like hit the pavement and make a name for yourself, mm -hmm. right? And that's and that's really not what it's all about for me. It's not about the name or anything like that. It's really about inspiring others and right. and the clientele. When you put a dish in front of their face and they see it, they taste it. It's their expressions is what it's all about. Right. Yeah. Right. That's cool. And then with your experience of going to school and living there, when did you actually like after that? Where did you go next? Was it Florida? Uh, I worked in uh, upstate New York, then in, t in New York City for a while, maybe two years, two and a half years, and then moved back down here. Was that a different restaurant, though? Um, one was another Italian place in uh, Woodstock. Okay. And then the Dutch for quite a while in New York the City. The Italian one, what kind of stuff were you learning or what type of cuisine would you say? Like, 
handmade pastas? Like, what was it like? Oh, we did everything in scratch okay. or in house, um, scratch every day. Um, we were doing a crazy amount of volume, so just learning the volume, but making sure that all that the quality was still there was something that was a great learning experience. How many cooks were in the kitchen there? We had four cooks. Okay. And one only one person worked pasta, so that yeah. was a huge station. I remember um, during school, there was another like famous restaurant. I, I'm, I'm from Michigan, so the school there was very different from CIA, but <laughs> I feel like the education was pretty satisfactory. But when I worked um, going to different restaurants, there was one place I looked at, it was called Tribute. And this restaurant was super fancy, where no joke, it probably had about 30 cooks. <laughs> wow. So at every station, there was like a fish station, you're doing vegetables this day. You're going to do this. And I just remember looking at it. And I was like, how am I going to fit into this? This is making me dizzy. Looking at all these cooks running around. And knowing and, exactly what they had to do. But this chef was a big time chef. And he, uh, the restaurant eventually closed. But I remember talking with them. And he's like, you know, you'd really learn a lot from this. But I remember they were just going to pay me like nine bucks. And I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I was like, I ain't going to work for nine bucks. <laughs> There's but, a line. <laughs> right, right. But um, yeah, so tell me, okay, so from that restaurant, you finished school. Then when did you go to Florida? Was it two years, like you said? Two years after, yeah. Okay. Um, came down here, uh, moved to Punta Gorda, actually. Where was your first restaurant? Uh, my first restaurant here. was actually the French uh, oh, okay, on Fifth okay. Avenue in Naples. Okay. Yeah. Yep, sure. So I, I made that commute for a year. What year was it when you started? I was there from a month after they opened. Oh, okay. So, so. 2016, 2016. Okay. Yep. And you were you brought in as like just like a line cook or were you a sous chef? I was brought in as a line cook. Okay. Um, I had prior uh, experience with a little bit of management, um, but I started from the bottom and, and worked my way up there. Okay. When you started, how many cooks were on the line and kind of that deal? There was seven to eight. Okay. Uh, we were doing crazy volume once again, five, six hundred covers, um, uh, and only open for dinner. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did you find the kitchen satisfactory as far as pumping out that much? Yeah. And never enough room. Because there was always a standard there too with the the quality of food. Uh, it was it wasn't like just mashed potatoes on a plate. There was a lot of technique that went into it, so it, it right. really intrigued me to be there. But I'm saying, like, as far as keeping up with that volume, was there a lot of trouble, like, having the kitchen space and kind of, like, having that quality to be able to handle that many covers? Was there a lot of growing pains? Yes. There's always <laughs> going to be growing. It, yeah. it was a brand new restaurant. You right. know, no one knows how to do it because we're all learning on the, for this at the same time. Right. So you have to, be, you have, to have a, a strong head in those types of situations. Opening new restaurants are always going to be a struggle, but you... It's just cooking. It's uh -huh. just food at the end of the day. So yeah, you can't yeah. stress about it. And were you basically like a, a lunch chef or both shifts, like lunch and dinner? What was your shift like? I would come in uh, in the morning and prep with the sous chefs. Okay. Um, and then I would work a station at night. Okay. So what were your hours like? Roughly? I would 11 a.m. to midnight. Wow. And then That's I would drive day. an hour and a half each way because I lived oh. in Punta Gorda. That's a long Yeah. 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 That's dedication for you. It's passion. That is passion. <laughs> so did you ever like think like at any point this ain't for me or you loved it and it was fine? Never. Wow. Yeah. So you're definitely got a lot of dedication. Yeah. <laughs> so so with your job, how is it that you did what you did 
with like, was there like recipes or how did you kind of learn this stuff? There's always that base recipe, but I do a lot of reading in my free time, you know, and, and that just trying to be creative and, and bringing something to the table that no one's seen before. So there's that fine line. So there was freedom a little bit, you're yes, saying? Yes, yes. So you can kind of do your own thing. It, it was certainly earned. It wasn't right off the bat. Right, I had to course. work really hard to get that, but... So you probably made specials, yes. things like that? Yeah, okay. I worked from line cook to executive chef there. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was the span of time it took to jump into that executive chef job? Uh, I would say two and a half years. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then did you find, like, a lot of employees come and go? Or was the staff pretty solid that they stayed around? I think we down at the restaurants uh, on Fifth Avenue, especially, those... They're great staff. Uh, we we really didn't have many issues, so okay. we're lucky. Okay, because I mean, with with doing this podcast thing, I'm interviewing a lot of chefs, and you know, they would say if they had a restaurant, they'd go through like maybe like a hundred cooks before they found the right one. Mm. It, it's that's definitely true, but it's also having that time, patience, and the understanding that they want to learn. So you can't expect them to do things. Right. Show them. Right. Well, I think like another thing was, I think in their case that it was not just like the right cook. It was more like these guys were young. They didn't want to work. Mm -hmm. They want to collect unemployment. There was just like a weird COVID definitely had a, yeah, we'll get into that too. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm saying like, I don't know. It seems like maybe now things are turning because as you know, we went through a hurricane where maybe some people lost their jobs, mm-hmm. where there's an influx of maybe good employees looking for their new home, where you might benefit yep. because you're going to staff. So maybe Definitely. you're going to get some good people. Yeah, so, hopefully. Yeah, maybe you're going <laughs> to hit the lotto. With that. Um, okay, so going from that, now I do know, uh, like, because I, I follow you on Facebook, we're friends. Mm-hmm. So I do know you moved on from that restaurant to the Mercado location, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So tell me about that, how that worked out. So after four years at the French, uh, I opened up the Bartulia in Mercado as the okay. executive chef there. Okay. Um, recently, you, by the way, did you design any of the kitchen? Did you have any input on the equipment? Uh, Vincenzo always, he was really good with having me involved in most things in the good, operation. Good. So that's great. Um, whether that's it, a lot to learn there. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. And so I was pretty hands-on with the opening. Um, didn't take a day off for four months straight Wow! because I, in a way, wanted to prove to myself and make and show, you know, my cooks that I'm this dedicated. You know, uh-huh. I care what you put in the window. Right. It's, right. it's going to be this way or no way, okay. you know, and creating that culture is so important, especially in the beginning. Did anybody from your previous restaurant follow you or you started from scratch and hired new employees? I didn't want to leave anyone at the French or anywhere, uh, like our other sister restaurant, Osteria Tulia, and then Bartoli downtown, you know, in a situation. So we really, we found a brand new staff there. Okay. Yeah. And they stayed on, like you didn't have these issues of people not showing up the next day or calling out a lot. You didn't You're always going to have that, but I, we were lucky in, okay. in that place. And whereas we have to this day or the same staff. From opening. Wow. See, you're getting lucky, man, because <laughs> I don't, I don't know, I don't trust a lot of people. I just feel like a lot of people let you down sometimes. Yeah, but it's I'm the trust but validate. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you've definitely gotten lucky with that. So with um, opening that restaurant, I imagine with that location, probably right off the bat, you're jamming, right? Crazy. 
Crazy busy. So was it like a lot as far as keeping up? Were you able to keep up right away or were you running out of stuff all the time? And like, I, we had no other option. I had to keep up. So, yeah. um, really small kitchen. We don't even have a freezer there. So in the beginning we were open for lunch right away. Um, but it was just, we had to keep up. So prep cooks had to be there at a certain time. Wine cooks, you know, sous chefs, so everyone had to be there. So they're paying out a lot of overtime? No, no, nope. Oh, okay. No, we, we had just that right amount of people, okay. uh, that staffing level. And, you know, with the support of my sous at the time and uh, everyone else, okay. we made it work. Okay. So what were your, uh, like going from there to the other restaurant being at that much, I guess, pressure, what did it do for your hours? Were you working like crazy hours where you're working 60 and... Oh, Yeah. Did you ever feel like, oh, man, I'm really getting beat up salary-wise, or do you feel like you were paid pretty well? I, I don't do it for the money. Very good. Hey, I <laughs> Listen, mean, look, you already got the right attitude. I, you mean. can't. I, it's it Truly, I, I mean, it, it is all passion, you know? And I, I love going to work every day, no matter if I had a crappy day before or whatever it is. I never let that bother me. That's awesome. Every day is a new day. I'm really impressed. I mean, you're going to... Your next venture, you're going to hit it out of the park because you got that dedication. A lot of chefs are kind of like, well, you know, I need all these guys to help me. But it sounds like you're no. kind of like, hey, I could do everything. <laughs> if I need to, I will. I don't like to. but. <laughs> uh -huh. And with your cooking that you did there, what, what do you feel is like your strongest suit? Like, are you more of like the hot food or pastry or do you just do it all? Like, like what is your strongest point, do you think? Well, being the executive chef, I'm not working the line. Right. So I'm watching. Uh -huh. uh, I did. I expoed a lot, but you know, I wanted to train my sous chefs to expo, and so where it would free me up even more so with whether if it was doing an offsite event or, you know, being able to go and and train a pasta cook and sit there with this for the whole service, so he's not picking up bad habits but mm -hmm. good ones. Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of that. And then how much um, input did this uh, Vincenzo have with what you were doing there? Did he like a lot of hands-on or he just let you do your I thing? I think at that point he trusted me enough where he, he wasn't there uh, too much. He was there when he needed to be or wanted to be, which from day one I told him that is my, my job is to make your job easier. Right. So right. I was just only trying to do my job, letting him, freeing him up to be at any of the other locations. But am I correct in saying that the menu was the same no. from the other location? No. Oh, it was totally different. Very dishes. different. Yes. Oh, okay. Because I figured maybe it was like, hey, these are our staples. This is what we're doing. And then you could just add all your specials. But I'm totally wrong. No, we had <laughs> we had uh, maybe four or five staples um, from our downtown location. But everything else was seasonal. Uh, I changed the menu three times a year okay. and then did three to four specials every week okay. changing. So you felt like you had a lot of freedom yes. to do whatever you wanted to do. Definitely. Okay. And then let's talk about like when you're working this job and then COVID hits, what happened to your operation at that point? Was it shut down or how long or what happened? So when COVID hit, uh, I was still at the French. Okay. Um, and we took that as an opportunity to help the community. Um, we did a, uh, a huge to-go uh, program. Uh, we did groceries, so if you needed to grab a head of lettuce or you know a pork chop, we had all of this available. You'd call in um, if it was 15 minutes or you needed it a day in advance, whatever it was, we had it ready to go for you. Okay. 
And so we tried to help the community and bring everyone together in that way. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Because, I mean, you know what happened with a lot of the restaurants? They were forced to just close down or politically, you know, they don't yeah. want to, like, deal with all that stuff. But I'm glad you guys were able to still make a living and do your Yeah, thing. it was good. It's good not to be sitting around and cool. wondering about all the what ifs. Okay. So tell me a little bit briefly about your new venture that you're going to do. So after a year and a half of opening Bartulia and very successful at that, um, I decided to leave the company and go out on a different venture, kind of like you said, uh, learning different um, styles of cuisine, um, but also pushing myself, uh, never being complacent. And so I decided to take on a job um, at a restaurant that's not open yet, uh, PJK Neighborhood Chinese. So that'll be... um, off of Fifth Avenue, and it'll be an upscale Chinese restaurant. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, I can't wait to check it out. When are you projected to probably open? Um, so with the hurricane, we had a little bit of damage, but thankfully not a lot. Um, so now it's about January, January, early January. I think a lot of the restaurants are mm-hmm. kind of in the same boat. Yeah. Or down there. Fifth Avenue got it's hit terrible. really bad. It's terrible. I feel bad for a lot of these places. Well, Chef, it was nice meeting you, and I thank you for coming out and being on, and I'm going to follow your career, and I can't wait to try your new restaurant. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep.